Well, it's your voice, but you know, it'll do. All right. Well, hey guys, how's it going? Good, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Spilling Ink. We're a little bit late today, but for a good reason. And if you'll notice, we are missing some people. Um, Jay is out this week. He is sick, unfortunately. He tested positive for Corona and he is currently healing right now. So we're sending him a lot of love and we hope that he recovers and comes back soon. And uh, until then, Brian, you have been dubbed the new Jay. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. I am the alternate J. <laughs> oh, no. So would, that make me a, would that make me a K? No. No. No, I don't think so. No. All right. <laughs> well, we're both bald, so that that's works. true. That's, that's true. <laughs> all right. But you do have the duty of train wrecking all of our conversations. I am perfect at that. <laughs> well, you did bring in somebody with a natural talent for that, so. Absolutely. He was my first choice, too. I mean, the, the second we had an opening, I was like, I know who to call. I know who's going to do this. <laughs> you could have so, called me to come be a trainer. Oh, wait. You were sorry. already on the show for this week. <laughs> Jeez, Nettles. <laughs> oh, you and hello to our wonderful watchers in the comment section today. I hope everyone's having a good day. I think the, the general vibe today from everybody I've talked to has just been really, really positive. Everyone is happy. They are feeling like they can breathe right now, which is a good thing. Yes, relief. I I'm I'm at fifty percent of I'm fifty percent relieved and fifty percent sort of watching and like okay here's an idea, and this is the only bit of political that I'm gonna say. DNC, remember who gets you there? Quit forgetting about us until you need our vote. I get real sick and tired of some of these so-called progressives and so-called freaking um so-called liberals that think that we just disappear when they don't need us no more. You better stop. You better stop. This is why, Brian, you're, sometimes you look like a Funko Pop. You know, put you back on the shelf till it's election time again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just having that conversation this afternoon. Okay, I'll behave now. All right. Well, since you're, already, since you're already talking, Jim, go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. I know you've been here before, but just in case they don't remember you. Uh, I am Jim Nettles. I write science fiction, urban fantasy, a bit of horror, working on some uh, uh, contemporary uh, thriller type stuff right now. Uh, I also write nonfiction about everything from tech to privacy to security to AI, BI. I work in that field. Um, and I ha and uh, wrote the business book for authors, Business Essentials for Writers. Uh, I also am the founder for Author Essentials, which is an author services and education company. And then I am the VP in the tech for Continual Convention, the never ending zoo and circus that it, it may be. <laughs> now, here's a question for you. Do you sleep? No. Okay. I was wondering that. I'm of the impression that Jim Nettles is actually like an immortal who doesn't require things like that. He's just he's just a self-contained unit. Is really what he is. Remember that AI bot doing it all. <laughs> he's he's basically Colossus from the X Men. Once he gets once he uh, puts on his um his battle form, he doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to breathe, doesn't need to sleep. He just needs this. <laughs> Caffeine and alcohol. <laughs> I was gonna go like the 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 other way with it. You remember the Energizer Bunny ads? There you go. That yeah, that's what I was thinking of. 
No, I'm more like the, I'm more like the creepy monkey banging the symbols, you know. The, oh, and, as, yeah. and now and now my mind just went to um Euro Trip. That that movie Euro Trip. If you've never seen Euro Trip, you will never look at that monkey the same again. And that's I all I've seen the film. You should. It is hilarious. Okay, well, we have our homework then. Mm-hmm. That's t- who's got time for movies? Oh. Now you put them in the background while you're while you're working. Yeah. Um, kind of what I do. Is that how that works? Yeah. It, it's yeah. the opposite of white noise, but it still works. Yep. And it keeps you from throwing things out the window when your neighbors annoy you. Yeah, Again, true. on top of the mountain. If the neighbors up here are the deer that scared the hell out of me a while ago. See, I would love to live like see, I want to live in the middle of nowhere, but I'm kind of half scared of that because I don't know who's gonna be coming to get me. Mm. So there's ways to accommodate that. That's right. Landmines are awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get too deep into it, Callie, you are our newcomer. Introduce yourself to Hi. So, yeah. Hi, my name's Callie Bird and I'm new to the show. Go gentle on me. Um, so, yeah, I do a couple of things. I have written fiction recently. It's a long term project I published this year. I haven't started writing it about 20 years ago on and off learning as I go and finally got it out the door this year. So despite 2020 being 2020, I have achieved something that's been really good. So I'm very pleased about that. Mm-hmm. And then Thank you. And then on the side, I, yeah, I, I like to blog about creativity. I like to just encourage people to do what they can with the time they have alongside all the other stuff you have to do. I work part time in technology. I test software. That's sort of my part time day job. And wow. sort of writing and creative stuff is what keeps me sane. Um, so, oh, your yeah. day job sounds way more fun than mine. Really? What's yours then, Brian? I'm a digital marketing assistant. I don't get to test technology. Oh, okay. Well, digital marketing, that's useful skills for selling books, you know. You know, I'm learning oh, all of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it that that's useful, but I want to test technology. I want to like I want to I want to like learn I want to learn like the new apps where they come out. I want to play the new Xboxes before they come out, and especially <laughs> the new super guns that can like obliterate everything around it within a mile. I want to play oh. with those toys. No, we're not. Oh, well, I don't get to do that. I do finance software, debits and credits. <laughs> oh, that's what I, I do. Oh. Well, that doesn't <laughs> fun. Never mind. No. I retract this my to me because I have a nerdy brain in that direction. You know, it's not the most exciting thing, but there is a nerdiness that oh, that I, I'm quite good at. What are you doing here? You're hey, supposed guys. to be recuperating. How's it going? How are you feeling? How you feel, bud? You know, I'm uh I'm I, I can't hold a conversation for very long. I get up, I get winded really quickly. But uh, you know, I just uh, just got finished watching uh, watching the the broadcast there, and saw you're online. I was like, ah, oh, I haven't I haven't talked to anybody in so long. I at least wanted to come say hi to everybody. Hey, oh, we miss you, buddy. We miss you. <laughs> get well. Yeah, I hope you get feeling order. better. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my my youngest daughter just got a positive result today too. So I was like, "Oh my lord, it's just uh, one of those things." But uh, we're we're trying to look at look at it uh, as a positive thing. It's like we're we're part of history now, um, <laughs> so we're we're going to be remembered for something, right? Yeah. Well, you in the stats. Vaporizer going in the background there. I see like steam like enveloping <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, we've pretty much got the. Uh, got the humidifiers going all over the place right now but yeah it's it's a it's a strange feeling you know i mean so many people have 
experienced um, you know COVID in a, in different ways. And for me, it it's not the worst illness I've ever had. I had uh, double lung or a uh, double lobe pneumonia five years ago, and and, and that was much much worse. But but yeah, it's kind of like there's just it, it's kind of like. Um, you know, I, I imagine it's like Brian Tan's just over here sitting on my chest while I'm trying to watch Mandalorian the whole time. And I'm like, dude, just get off my chest and you just won't get off my chest. And- hey, I'm 80 plus pounds less, so it won't be as <laughs> painful. But yeah, you wouldn't be able to breathe. That's not true. And, and I'd probably be like drinking my water and spilling it on you and, you know, farting all over the place. It would be hell. It would be hell. And and doing your yoga in the living room and oh absolutely there's just oh, absolutely. no room for that yeah but, and I w- and I would just be like you know what I'm too tired to take a shower so I'm gonna lay on you all sweaty <laughs> hope nice. you like it <laughs> that sounds comfortable well we now know what your future career is is you know you're gonna replace the guy who is mayhem for. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I I know that I need need to now change my address so that Brian doesn't know. Where <laughs> there is nowhere you can go on this planet that I won't find you. Oh no! Uh, how are you guys all all doing tonight? It's it's been it's a, been a pretty stressful week across this America. Are you? Sucks. I mean, are you guys are you guys un, unwinding a little bit? This week yeah. has been the longest year of my life. <laughs> Groundhog Day. It's been like that every yeah. day. Yeah, this year, the this year has been the worst decade ever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? The memes were beautiful. The, there, there were some good memes. Uh, and Rebecca thinks that COVID is super kinky. Oh, I see. I see. No, yeah. I, I never. I, thought I, assume, I assume not being able to breathe is so. Well, I mean, hey, some people are into choking. Is is that is that is that how you're dealing with it, Jay? You're you're just thinking of the mask of illnesses. Yeah. I haven't tried to. I guess I haven't gone that route. Maybe this would have would change the whole experience for me. Yeah, but just don't try the autoerotic asphyxiation thing. That could be bad. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't need you to be go the path of uh, David Carradine. <laughs> well, you know, both you and Brian on the same show, and we have derailed completely off into the wrong direction. Well, yep. you know, you know who else that that was? That was that uh, lead singer of NXS, wasn't it, Michael Hutchins? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. very, very talented young man. Um, mm. But you know, it's funny that you mentioned the autoerotic asphyxiation. Um, I was just watching the original Jurassic Park earlier today. It's one of my comfort movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the beginning, Rex can't choke itself because the arms are too short. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going. That's not where I was going with it. But that's also a good point. <laughs> but in the beginning, when they're doing a little tour of the facility, the uh, the the goofy lawyers like now are all these characters all auto erotica. And you know it's just a funny joke because he meant animatronics, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyhow, I so. got I picked up what you're putting down. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Katie, how are you doing, honey? I haven't talked to you in so long. I'm good. I'm good. Feeling better today. Good. It's it, all week long. I have been glued to Twitter, the TV, yeah. uh, YouTube, just following yeah. any information that was coming in on the elections, yeah. and just couldn't mm-hmm. tear myself away from it. 
to the point where the there was that meme that was flying around about the uh, the mom whose kid kept asking when when was the map show over? <laughs> My kids were doing the same thing to me. That is so cute. Every day, why are we watching this show? When is this show ending? I'm like, shut up! I'm it's watching. the same every day. It's this been, is what life is about. This is what you oh, have to look show, forward to. Well, well, what was the plot of this? Why are we binge watching it? This is the worst show ever. Time though for the kids, you know, to explain what was going on and why it was so important. And why these numbers are are so so important for us to to pay attention to? So, so some civics. I, I tried to, to help turn it into education. Well, good and, for you. You know, it's it's been one of these where everyone in in my house, at, at least, they were all really worried about me because um, I I never really got a hundred percent down and out, but. They said there's been a lot of pressure in my chest, and so I can't do much with them. So I'm just laying out on the couch, and then having this election pressure on top of it, it's like I I, do, I need some of the pressure to be relieved. And and I feel mm -hmm. like actually having an answer today, um, whether you know you're someone that's happy about this answer, which which I am, um, or or not, at least you're at least we're past this, and mm -hmm. that, that doesn't have to be one of the, the stressors in life. And we can hopefully go back to worry about, all right, we got to deal with this virus. And then, you know, for authors, you know, maybe let's make some books and stuff like that. And hey, yeah, there's an concentrate idea. Again. Yeah, I, I've got a book coming out in December. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you right, do. Well, so, before we get too far into it, though, we, we got to pay homage to our sponsor. Oh, them again. Yeah, because, you know, the boss is watching. So give us about 20 seconds here, and let's talk about GoIndy Now. Hello, everybody. I am Joe Compton, and welcome to our channel, Go Indie Now. This is the place that celebrates indie artists and indie art, and we do so by producing several shows that either air on daily, weekly, monthly, or seasonal scheduling. And within those shows, we aim to educate and entertain you if you're, if you're an indie artist who's trying to figure out how to do this, this is the place you need to be. If you're an indie artist who's looking to promote and doesn't have any avenues and, and is tired of the grind, this is the place to be. Because remember, it's always time to go indie now. All right. Oh, he's such a he's such a good guy, you know. And that hat is just amazing. It Every really time is. I see it, it is. But you know, what? I I tried one of those, and it kind of made my head look a little bit like a basketball, and I I wasn't very happy with with that look. They had they had him at Coles. Not everyone can pull so, that off. No. Yeah the the conversation we had because it was oh, on there we go. <laughs> yeah was my writerly hat, and I'm like, no, this is the one I wear usually out when you know it's throwing heavy objects time because. You know, it's been rained on and have oh, had another hat episode again, are we? You didn't tell me I wear this, you know. I could have seen I could have joined. I wear this hat either when it's time to take out teenagers when they sleep or if I'm gonna be raiding a temple. You know, it's, well, it's really it's it can be anything. Uh. <laughs> well, we can tell from the fact that your hat is unworn or is untarnished that you've not raided any temples recently, whereas I had a golden icon in my hands early today. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> although, Jay, although, where can I get one of those? One of these? Heather made mine. That's, That's, what I was That's like a about. knitted where, where furby. Oh. No, this is baby. <laughs> this is knitted baby Yoda. Did you I don't have a baby right. Yoda? Yes, okay. A yeah, knitted yeah. ferret? Yeah. <laughs> no. This, this is the lady. Furby. Do you remember Furbies? Oh, I remember yeah. Furbies. Those oh. things were frightening, though. 
<laughs> oh, they they were. We we had one. Uh, I'm sure many people can relate to this story, but uh, my kids had one from. Actually, I think Abigail was four when she got hers, and uh, probably five years later, all of a sudden, the Furby started talking in someone's bedroom, and there's nobody around, and the kids <laughs> don't play with it. They're they're older. Satan we, is coming for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty, watching you. <laughs> pretty frightening, actually. There's uh, there's a game that my my kids started playing a couple years ago. That's uh, Tattletale, I think is what it's called, and it looks just like a Furby, and mm. it's this little Furby creature whose mama Furby is coming to get you because you have its baby. And it's just, it's freaky and scary and full of jump scares. And now I've got the two merged together in my mind and my kids still enjoy watching videos on YouTube um, of these tattletale videos and all the jump scares. And it's, uh, nope. I feel bad. I feel bad if anyone tries to jump scare me, I might be liable to throw a punch. <laughs> do you remember do you remember that uh, America's funniest home video episode? Oh my gosh. And th that was traumatizing like the 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 guy was sitting on the porch pretending to be a scarecrow and the kids would come up and he'd jump up and scare him and then there's this one teenager came up and he scared him and the teenager was like bam right in the head. Yeah, like, you got to be yeah. careful who you try to jump scare. Your <laughs> ass could get kicked. <laughs> That's why I don't like going to haunted houses because I don't like clowns. And when you go to the right haunted house, those people don't break character. And if they know you're scared, they will not leave you alone. I remember I went to one, my old band was playing at a haunted house and this guy kept, he was dressed like one of the killer clowns and he kept coming at me. And I was like in a corner shaking. And one of the women broke character and was like, you might want to leave him alone. He looks like he's about to snap. Aww. And my buddy was like, uh, yeah, he, 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 like they had to take me out because I was ready to start swinging. Oh. So when we do um, continual movie night in a couple of weeks uh, and I'm hosting, um, I'm planning on doing killer clowns from outer space. That's one of my, but that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Excellent. You're going to come hang out with us then, right? Okay. Sunday remind, me, remind me because you know, I forget. I've been hitting the hit one time too many. I don't remember stuff. And then a few more times after that, we know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just keep poking him. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, well, I need to be reminded a lot. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign out of here, guys. I need to go back to my my couch position, but I just wanted to say hi to everybody. So right, take we'll care. Take care. I hope you do feel better. And okay, feel better. Scotch, Scotch <laughs> will do wonders. Thanks, yeah, hot While in a hot shower. Take as hot of a shower as you can st stand. Take what? a hard swing of scotch. Follow it with some NyQuil. And then put on some sweats. Get under the covers. And pass the F out. Well, I've, I've got to tell you. See, that's that's all a great idea. However, my newest symptom, and it's really frustrating, is that I am in a kind of a constant state of hot flash right now i don't have a temperature my temperature is normal but it feels like i'm burning so um, this is the first time i've had clothes on all day i'm pretty much laying in front of the windows in the living room with with the breeze blowing over me which is i mean it's so bizarre so even getting in the shower um is almost unbearable so oh. it's it's a it's a it's a weird symptom so nice <laughs> COVID is a douchebag. It is. All right. Well, good night, guys. Good night. Good to see you, Jay. Well, on that, right. that, on that so somber brutal. Note, yeah. The thing awesome. about the, this, it, it hits everybody differently. Yeah, I was actually going to tell them maybe you should like 
be like my mom and go to the hospital and hate the hospital staff so much that you will yourself better. <laughs> That's what my mother did. My mother was in the she hospital for 11 days. Oh my I God. Mean, she, she, she's, she's fine now. Matter of fact, she worked the polls at her church this past Tuesday. So she, 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 but she willed herself out of that hospital with hatred. <laughs> she hated her doctors. She hated the nurses. She was like, you need to come and get me out of here. I'm like, okay, don't hurt me. I didn't do anything. I've been following your wishes. Leave me alone. I'll make you walk home if you keep scaring me. No, you won't. No, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. It was an idle threat. Yeah. <laughs> I will make you walk home. You what? That was autocorrect. I mean, I will <laughs> I will be picking you up shortly. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm moving across the pond so she can't get to me. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Don't piss mom off. No. Don't mom, do it. No. She she see what's funny is that when you meet my mom, you'll be like, Oh, she's so nice. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure she is. That's a good mom. Mm -hmm. I, look, I always tell my kids, my job is to make you a solid citizen by the time you are 18. It doesn't yep. mean I'm your friend. It doesn't mean you're going to like me. But it's my job to make sure you're a solid citizen. So I'm going to yep. make sure that they do what they're supposed to do. And they're going to get punished if they're not doing what they're supposed mm -hmm. to do. It's all an effort to teach them how to be a person once they're old enough to move out and do things on their own. That's what I told my kid. Right now, my job is to make sure you learn what you're supposed to learn. You do what you're supposed to do. Hey, I told my kid to say that your other motivation here is to make sure that they're motivated to get the hell out when they turn 18. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> don't bounce back after college. Yeah, <laughs> my kid told me for a little while. My kid told me one time. He goes, "Dad, you're my best friend." I said, "I ain't your friend. I'm your dad." And he goes, "What's the difference?" And it's like, <laughs> "You'll find out." <laughs> like you'll find out. <laughs> And whenever his mother says, your son did something, and I'm like, all right, what did he do? And then I'm like, boy, what in the hell is wrong with you? <clears throat> and then I get the tone, and he's already crying before I've even gotten anything out, because he doesn't like it when I raise my voice. He doesn't like it when I'm mad. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, it's that green tone you take on it, just kind of. Yeah. Oh, see, when, when he, he, knows, he knows my different levels of annoyance, because when my, my octave go up, he knows that I'm relatively amused, so he's safe. But when my voice gets low, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and when I start yelling, it's more I'm just frustrated. I yell when I'm frustrated. When I'm angry, I just get centered. Do you use the three-name rule? Oh, yeah. Actually, he has four. Brian Anthony Tan Jr. Oh, oh. Oh, when I say the whole, when I go, when I go with all four, he knows it's so he knows it's his ass. Actually, that's five because you got the junior in there. Mm -mm. No, junior makes the four. Mm -hmm. Brian Anthony Tan Jr. Oh yeah, never mind. Math, math is hard. <laughs> math, yeah. Well, we we got the sort of the, the nickname, then the real name, mm -hmm. then the real and middle name, and then the real middle and last name. It's yeah, that, that, that's basically how it goes. It's nickname, primarily, first name, and then first name with a, with an edge, and then whole name. And it's like... It, and you're done. You're done. And then that. it's over. See, my mom didn't go that route. I went... I was boy. So anytime I hear the word boy, 
it depends on who says it. If somebody white says it, I give them a look like, boy. If a female says it, particularly a black female, I'm looking for my mother. <laughs> because that's when I knew I was in trouble. And if a man says it, I'm just like, I'll suck the shit out of you. <laughs> I won't even bother punching. I'm just going to slap you. It's, that's, that's the worst form of assault on man that there is, is an open hand slap in the mouth. <laughs> A man open-handed slapping another man in the mouth is the worst insult you can possibly give them. And that includes sleeping with his significant other. You gotta go old school. You gotta pull the glove off. I was gonna say, pull out the glove. So I'll slap you in the face. If I slap you in the face with a glove, that just means that my skin is too good for your face. <laughs> I gotta start wearing gloves now. Well, yeah. it's coming on winter, so there you go. Winter's coming. I do recommend, you know, double layering up if you're going to go with like the surgical gloves because that way it does cut down on fingerprints and you are going to bust the first one, the outer one but <laughs> that's a good point by you that's a good point by you i figure i'll just go with some i'll go with some leather gloves and i'll dip them in a solution of cleansing so when it comes time to put them on they won't fit and if the glove don't fit you must have quit <laughs> oh my god that's <laughs> Is it like this that? every week? <laughs> yeah, actually, when, when I'm on here, it is. We haven't even talked books yet. <laughs> Wait, there's <laughs> books. Time. I guess. I, I guess we all kind of write. What are we here to talk about? about? Welcome to Spilling Ink, the Writer's Podcast. That <laughs> the Writer's Podcast where they don't talk about writing. <laughs> Welcome to plotting this week, and we're panting the episode. Yeah, <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know what's funny in the chat, uh, Rebecca Jonesy talked about putting a brick in the glove. I'll tell you a story about my grandma Tan. She always one of the first things my grandma Tan tried to teach me was how to keep a razor blade under my tongue. Of course, I didn't get it right. And she always said, "But if you're gonna have a razor, make sure you have a silk handkerchief." But why, Grandma? I'm glad you asked. One time I went, and me and this girl got into a fight because I took her boyfriend. We were fighting. Her and her friends tried to jump me. I got one over on her, and all they saw was me hitting her in the face with a handkerchief in my hand. I had my razor blade in the handkerchief, and I cut the bitch all over. And when the cops came, I just let the razor blade out of the handkerchief, kicked it in the sewer. All they saw was I hit the bitch with a silk hanky. <laughs> Mike. Well, that's frightening. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I can conceal a brick as well as she could conceal a razor blade, but I'm willing to give it a try if I must, <laughs> or maybe I should just keep my my behind at home. <laughs> I think I'll just stay. I was gonna say stay out of trouble right now. <laughs> at this point, just take Grandma out with you. Well, Grandma's <laughs> dead now. <laughs> Grandma's dead. <laughs> she 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 finally went to the to the sweet by and by. So I'm pretty sure that she's probably having her beer, watching her stories and telling, you know, whatever people that are with her to leave her the hell alone while she watches her stories. <laughs> God bless you, grandma. <laughs> no, no I, I don't think, I don't think she will. between, between the 10 kids and however many grandkids, eh, probably. She probably. One more. She, she, she was the only person in my family that liked my one crazy ex-girlfriend because my crazy ex-girlfriend told her the story of putting bubble gum in gopher holes. So when the gophers ate the uh, 
bubble gum, they would explode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny seeing two people sitting in a church talking about blowing up gophers with bubble gum. <laughs> and this uh, is Caddyshack 3. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if only Bill Murray had listened to the crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yep, this episode went off the rails real quick. I did my job. I did my job. Yeah, I mean, you took me literally. When I said derail us, man. You were on it. Yeah. I mean, hey. Can I ask a question? Please. If you weren't on the rails to start with, how do you get derailed? Brian we, Tan. We were on the rails for about two seconds. And then I spoke. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like we hey. barely got going and then it was <laughs> boom. <laughs> and, then Jay, and then Jay showed up and then it was like, <laughs> who needs rails? <laughs> rails are for wimps. <laughs> if your train is a badass train, it can just go. <laughs> yep. Uh, Right, let's try and get back on topic, all right? It's November. Now that the election is over, we all have books to write. And in November, it's NaNoWriMo. Really? Participating this month. I never do. I I I don't don't slow down that much. (laughs) Oh, now you're back, isn't you? Wow. (laughs) Now, none of it's been fiction this month, but, you know. (laughs) Well, see, I just, it's hard enough for me to really get i don't this is gonna sound bad it's hard enough for me sometimes to get motivated to write i don't want to feel like i have to because eyes are on me to write it's like get out of my process my brain if my brain doesn't want to do it i can't do i can't make myself otherwise it's just gonna be crap well to me well and we just actually did a big episode about prepping for nano and managing through nano so my head is still in that space um and it dropped this week but to me what nano has always been good for is helping to kickstart and develop those habits and if you want to change something up it's a good time to because really what nano is about is can you build some habits and can you get some work count out the door it's not you know it's not the you, know, you start November 1 and November, you know, on December 1st, you're walking around with the manuscript going, will you publish me now? You know, it's it's about can you get some good rap, you know, writing habits going and what have you learned? And the other big benefit is the community you get to work with. Yeah. And then do you cultivate that community during the month of Nano to keep it going the rest of the year? So that, you know, because yeah. Nano runs three times a year. November, of course, is the big one. But if you cultivate that group of people to write with and grow with and everybody's learning and you're working together, that to me is really the biggest benefits at nano um, from my perspective. No, I like that. Yeah. I like that, that is a good perspective. Yeah. That's because, good I mean, perspective. a lot of people look at it as, is the challenge of writing 50,000 words a month and they balk at it. I, I can't do that. I can't do that. And, and really, you know, like what you're saying, it's about setting goals, getting used to putting that button in the chair and writing every day. And, and the challenge of it is what helps motivate you. And then on top of that, they do have the website. You can build friendships. You can watch yeah, each other. There's a, there's um, a big network around it, isn't there? No, was that yeah. Callie? Yeah, there's a big network. And as Jim says, community. But, you know, it doesn't have to be 50,000 words because, you know, I know authors and um and it's like, well, I managed 20,000 in November, but that's 20,000 more than Do they would have done. Because there can be a lot of pressure on that, I think. And mm-hmm. it can be daunting or it can be over-exhausting. Um, 
So it doesn't matter if you don't hit the 50,000. But if you write most days something that you wouldn't otherwise have done, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, the 50,000 doesn't, it, that that doesn't shake me. I've, I've written more than that in a month. I, I wrote Invincible Heart in a month. And that's cool. I'm, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. It, it, I'm sure people have written better and bigger stuff than I have in less time. It's just, I have such a particular way about me when it comes to writing that I guess for me, and I think it's just the way I live my life is I've got my particular way of doing things that works for me, that makes me mm -hmm. successful. And I don't like having that rattled. You know, yeah. when, it, when it comes to writing, the idea has to be there. The muse has to be there. And like, it all has to come together. I tend to get a lot of stuff done in bulk instead of a little bit here and there. So do you do like spurts? Do you have times then when you, you can crank out thousands of words in a month and then times yeah. you just don't? Yeah. Yeah. Like um, my first book, The Enforcer, that was different because I had literally just moved and I was adjusting to a new way of life. So I had nothing else better to do. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be at work. And meanwhile, I'm sitting in my uh, my cruiser just because I had nothing else to do. And then I was writing notes and using voice recorders. I was changing the writing. I was changing the style of the book around. And like the, the sequel to that book, that took me a couple of years to write yeah. because I wanted to get everything perfect. And then I, because then I realized that I sort of painted myself in a corner because I got done in two books, what I wanted to get done in five books. Okay, right. Which really upset me because then it was like... <laughs> Screws the plan up. It yeah. really did because I, I wanted to have five 250-word, I mean, 250-page books written. Mm -hmm. This was before I knew that it was about word count, not pages. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to have five of them. Next thing I knew, I've got two books and they sealed up an arc. And it's like, well, crap. That means that the third book in this series is going to have to be what would have been three books in another series. I have to put that in either a third book or break that up into two books. So maybe I will still get it. I don't know yet. I'm still plotting it in my head mm. how I want it to go. And with Invincible Heart and Unbreakable Mind, it was different because that's just my head was just there. Invincible Heart got it done in a month. Unbreakable Mind, that took me, you know, a little bit more time, but it was because I had other books coming out. I didn't have to worry about it. So now, since I've changed publishers and I'm going through the re-release, my brain is like, okay, I can take this time to come up with what's going to happen in this book and in this book and in this book while these books are coming out and you have to promote these books. We don't have to worry about creating for like a long time. It's like, but brain, I don't want to do that. Right. You do what I say. And I'm like, fine, you're, you're, you're the boss. <laughs> like that, that's, that's literally how my mind works. Like there, there's my creative brain and then there's yeah. me and creative brain calls the shots in that regard. Well, well go ahead, Kelly. Well, creative brain does anyway, because I find, especially when I first started writing, like in my day job, you know, they, 
if you've got something to do, you need it done by Friday, a report, a piece of work, you just get it done by Friday. But I have found with writing, especially earlier on, it's like, why isn't it as quick? Why Why does it have its own rhythm? Why is that, Why am I so slow at this? And yet give me something to do at work and I'll just bang it out. So I, I think the creative brain does, does rule. A creative brain, whatever you call it, or your creative side, or the you know what, whatever, and everyone I guess has got their name for it, the, the muse, whatever. But you can't. I think it does have its own rhythm, and and if you fight against it, that's painful and it's not going to work. And if you accept it, whichever way it's going, if it's going quick or if it's going slow, I, I just think you have to go with it. It it does rule. There's, there's something to be said, though, for a deadline really motivating you. Because like you'd mentioned, yeah. if you have an assignment that's due on Friday, you're going to get it okay. done by Friday. Yeah. Well, and see, that that's why I don't deal with deadlines. Forces well. you to, to push through it. I and mean, yes, the creative brain has to be ready and willing to work in order to produce good stuff. But you can bang out stuff that maybe isn't the greatest and meet a deadline. Well, well see, and that's why I don't deal with deadlines. I don't. I don't. Deal, I don't do them. <laughs> I don't like deadlines either. I am really well, just follow, but sometimes you have to. Here. I mean follow me yeah. on the track here for just a second. Yeah, yeah, All go right. on. Try trying to trying to stay on the tracks here. We can do this. All right. So if a deadline helps to motivate, then one of the things that nano's really good for, along with the community aspect, is writer sprints. Where yeah. you have like 30 minutes or 40 Damn. minutes, however long they are, like power through writing whatever you can. And that that deadline of of showing your word count at the end of the thirty or forty minutes really does like light a fire under you and get you to write some stuff. I would have to. I'm sorry. I'm stepping on Jim again. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. You you were oh, you were no, looking no, at me. Please, Mr. Dan, go right ahead. I, I would need someone who. I would need someone I know to get on me about, cause if you, cause I, I was actually a part of a group that, Hey, we're going to do a sprint. Yeah. I want to do that. All right. We're going to do it now. And I'm just like, yeah, this isn't convenient for me. <laughs> like, well, I know. I was working my own time. I think we're quite similar. Actually, yeah, I, I, I need I, I'm some, not good at other people's schedules. <laughs> I'm not. And it's like, I need someone that come at me and but like someone I know, like someone, not just someone I know, but someone who's within what I call the inner circle that comes to me and says, Hey, doing a sprint, come sprint with me. And I'm like, yeah, I need them to not give me the option to say mm. no. To I've, got sort of I've got a plan for you. Well, we're, we're, it, it, is, it, is, it has got to be somebody that I respect enough that I'm not going to blow off or ignore. I'm going to call Sharon and I'm going to tell Sharon to get on you. That won't work. You do it. That won't work. No, but here's the easier way. Um, Brian, you're going to get a thing in the mail in about 15 minutes. I sent it by delivery. It's going to be a shock collar. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Between and randomly the day, day. waving a cattle prod and you with a, coming with a shock collar. Although, well, so I mean, here's the one thing I'm going to say about it because is, again, we're talking about nano. So generally yeah. we're not talking about people who have deadlines, who have contracts, who things have things like that. But I do know a lot of people who are professional writers that still use Nano as an experimental tool. Even why the the number one thing I always say is this: any anytime you're going to be doing anything, it has to be done. What's your intention going into it? So if you're coming in to do Nano, and then the next thing you feel is the pressure of fifty thousand word count, 
look at why you're doing it and look at what you want to have come out at the end of that 30 day period. So if you look at that up front and say, look, I'm doing this because I want to accomplish X. It's not the same as the same thing as having the deadline. I've got a contract. I've got this. I've got that. But if you sit down, and you've put your pressure, put pressure on yourself in terms of I've got to bang out my word count today of seventeen hundred and fifty words. I've got to do that. I know I've got two hours in this time, you know, during the day to go bang out that seventeen fifty. Oh my God, I only got fifteen hundred a day, and so that means I got to make up two fifty. No, look at and understand what you intend to get out of. Um, which one of us owes you? I don't remember. I think I think that's Brian. All right, good. It's not me. I, I owe everybody you. something. Um, but I think if you walk into it with knowing and setting up the what your goals are, and then work within the nano structure and everything else. But what I what I have seen happen with friends way too many times is that you put the pressure on yourself of I've just got to hit the fifty thousand words, and then you get into self edit and perfection and all these other things. Mm. Don't do that. No, no. Don't do that. Just sit down, <laughs> right. crank it out, make Just it right. raw. Yeah. But it's it's the tools, it's the techniques, it's the relationships, it's the habits you can develop. If you are hell bent to knock out 50,000 words, then walk up to, you know, during the month of October or, you know, when you're coming in March and going into April, spend a little time working on the idea. Spend a little time playing with outlines. Spend a little bit of time so that when you walk into the month, you're already ready to, to pull the trigger. All right. So, Katie, you're late, too. No, um, I, I, I'm not scheduled till next October, which means I have till summertime 2021 to get her. Summertime. What do I owe you? It's easy. All right, Rebecca, let me know what I owe you and I'll, I'll crank something. Oh, out. snap. <laughs> I just noticed Katie is a TARDIS tonight. That is awesome. It's Katie good, is a it's, it's cool. Oh, I got to show you my little. Oh, dang it. Before it falls off my desk. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I have, I actually have a Katie Funko pop. Well, it's the, it's the 13th doctor, but every time I see the 13th doctor, I think of Katie. Oh, <laughs> so, yes, yes. so, so almost, Katie is the 13th complete outfit. Almost. Nice. <laughs> nice. <sighs> and I resisted I'm, making any snide comments about Dr. Who. <laughs> the police box. <laughs> But I think I think what you're saying, though, Jim, I think that's a great point. I think that, well, for one, I'm not big on pressuring myself on certain. I mean, I'm big on pressuring myself on certain things because I do get a competitive streak in me. God, you should see whenever I'm on my um, my DDP Yoga app. If my ranking drops, I get mad, and I actually will like add workouts just to bring my ranking up. I'm like, I'm a lunatic about it. Until I finally like, you know what? I'm killing myself. This doesn't work. But, well, it's gamification. I mean, that's, right. that's the entire idea behind Nano is it's gamification of the process. Right. And I think that the one thing that you definitely should do if you're going to do something like that, even if you're even when, when I have um, participated in sprints, I want my word count to be higher than that person's. Exactly. And it drives <laughs> me to be yes. better. So when they say, Whoa! And it's like, yeah, I'm the man. Because, and then that that does push me. So I think that a lot of the times, if you do want to push yourself and strive for that fifty thousand, that's cool. That's very cool. But at the same token, you also want to remember 
you need to also do you follow your process because and, and yeah stop trying if you're sprinting and especially if you're dealing with nano just write mm-hmm. don't edit don't it edit until you know what it's going to be and you can you can fix words on the page right you can't fix a blank page exactly. right and that, right. that's the joy of a first draft because uh, it, it doesn't matter how it turns out. It's like you can write a crap first draft and you just bang it out and you can change tack halfway through and you can change somebody's name. Mm-hmm. And and it's great not having to worry about it. Right. Uh, I mean, and and it and it's an amazing sense of achievement when you get to the end of it. Right. It, it is. Um, the Invincible Hearts for the longest time was titled on my desktop, what in the hell are you? <laughs> because I wrote out these three chapters and I'm just like, what the hell is this? Why is this? A, why is there an old guy talking to a woman in a bar? Why? Like, why are they talking? What are they talking about? And then, cause like they were talking about a patient and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, what, what am I trying to write a house episode? What is this? <laughs> and it sat there untouched for three years and then i read kendra souder's permutation archives the first book the harvested and i was like i can do something with this and next thing i know goes off yeah and sometimes when you have i mean it was even like that with the enforcer my first book the enforcer i was writing it as journal entries anyone who's watched this show and i've talked about it it was journal entries in first person narrative and those journal entries at least a couple of them actually made their way into the final product that's there. But I had over a hundred pages, 100 pages of first person journal entries. And I hate first person narrative. And journaling's are great because I've found um, sort of by accident, journaling as the characters is, it helps you uncover what's what. And and yeah, as you say, it's unlikely to be in the final cut. But yeah, I certainly have found that handy over the last few months. Oh, um yeah. and, and any then, of your characters is great. It's so fun. And like, you get advice. I get advice from my character. So mm-hmm. so I write about this fictional countess. She's a modern businesswoman. Mm-hmm. And she's really savvy. So so now I actually journal and ask her things. <laughs> And, you know, stuff about the book or about the marketing or when I was doing the final edits, the editor said this. I, I wasn't quite sure. And I used to journal with her and go, what do you think about this? And she would reply back, well, you could do it, but the benefit of it isn't really worth it. So don't bother. <laughs> I would do that. I would do that. I would have com- I would go into the bathroom, shut the door. I would either turn the light off or leave it on, depending on the time of day. And I would look in the mirror and I would turn into my lead character and just talk. And sometimes we would talk. Sometimes he would just go on monologues and just like tell me about what he's been through. And it just came up and it, and it made it. Ooh, I like that. What made it kind of easy was that he started out as a gaming character, a role playing game character. So I sort of I so I picked him from that. And I was like, all right, so what would he have done? And then it's like, quit trying to ask yourself what he would have done and talk to him. And don't worry if people think you're a lunatic. We're writers. We're supposed <laughs> to be give it advice. <laughs> We're writers. Yeah. We're supposed to be. How, I, I bet if anyone checked our browser histories, 
And you'd no, be like, I promise, do it. stay away, stay away. Don't, do it. <laughs> don't look at it. If you're a writer and you're not on a watch list, you haven't done it right. I seriously almost said, if you're a writer and you haven't been asked to leave a school, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> but no. Oh, oh, there's a good freeze screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful that is beautiful yeah that, that's what i did and you know what maybe he has no idea happens. nope i no do idea. i i hate i, I know i notice that something happens whenever everyone else's screens start to do the little oh. so i know i know it's me and that bothers me because i'm plugged in and i'm supposed to have like among the highest speeds for for my internet service provider it's like huh, you can't do better than this well, it's those hamster wheels, man. It's those hamster wheels. Yeah, no. I need to get them some speed or something, some meth. Get them so, really moving. So along, along the lines of becoming your character and just writing, what other tips can we give to writers to get through that first draft? Coffee helps. Caffeine, yes. Caffeine. I, I to write, and I told you about this, Katie. When I wrote Ed and Livy, I went to a local coffee shop in Vermont and I had. 10 cafe mochas, Ooh. each one with extra shots of espresso. Oh my god, I did how long? <laughs> I I drank 10, I think I showed up like two and a half hours before they closed, and they finally had to say, Sir, we're closing. <laughs> so, and I did not sleep more for that, like for the next three or four days, I only slept maybe an hour. Oof. And I got the book written. I'm not saying do that. Your liver well, may not like you, but coffee does help. And I for me, don't like coffee though. Then drink tea. Tea doesn't have enough caffeine in it. He has more caffeine in it, actually. Yeah, tea actually has yeah, way. But more you caffeine. have less weight of tea or something, because the only the only <laughs> thing is the only the only problem with tea is that tea will dehydrate you faster than coffee will. That's, That's why when you coffee. drink tea, you also have to have make sure you have some water as well. Otherwise, you dehydrate way faster than you do. See, I, I feel like, I mean, in the wintertime, I drink tea like ridiculously. It's just I've always got a mug near me. And I don't feel like get the same caffeine buzz as I do with other drinks. Because it's more subtle. It's a more subtle buzz yeah. with tea mm. than it is with coffee. Loosely Scottish breakfast, it'll do wonders for you. Uh, <laughs> my favorite is the loose leaf, and it's a cranberry and blood orange black tea. Oh, oh so delicious! I like Dieter's green tea because oh, know, matcha, it, it? it flushes the system. Yeah, that no, no. Well, you you can't do that because you've got kids. Your child will stare at everything and kill it. <laughs> you can't. You don't. You can't afford to be in the bathroom that long. <laughs> Me, I can just let my cats destroy the place, and Sharon deals with it. But if I'm drinking tea for leisure, I still I'll drink. Well, we're actually going to go into the loose leaf tea thing. We're we're slowly but surely changing a lot of our things to more organic and mm. like you know, like even my soaps and my deodorants are becoming more organic. So I'm putting less toxins on my body. But I think for me, it's a green tea, and if it's not green tea, it's peppermint tea. Peppermint I love nice. peppermint tea. I came across white tea a couple of years ago, which is it's like black tea, but it's milder. I think it's grown higher up the mountain in the it's it's blood lighter. It's blood yeah. made and it's so many bags. Yeah, and it's it's very delicate. It's nice. Oh, it's delicate. Do you ever it's, come across a white tea? 
My brain is <laughs> my, my brain is terrible. I don't we now know because he, you know, the one night in an espresso shop. Yeah, when uh, he re- when he achieved plaid speed, he has never entirely phased back into our reality. I don't think I have either, to be honest. Because <laughs> we went from where I was picturing the South Park episode, I was picturing you in the mirror in the dark, looking at it, going Biggie Smalls, Biggie, Biggie Smalls. Smalls. <laughs> You know what? I am. I'm afraid to do the Candyman thing. I'll never do. I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to do the Bloody Mary thing. I am. See, I think that that is what we need to do is have everyone go out and do the Bloody Mary thing, but with your lead character. No. Well, actually, actually, that would actually be a no, Titanic. Your lead character would, would be tough enough. That would be a Titanic battle because yeah. Bryce, Bryce Creek would just be like, bitch, I ain't scared of you. <laughs> Wait, oh. which class was he based off of? Was that Bryce Creed? Yeah. Bryce Creed was based off of a Vampire the Masquerade character. Yeah, which 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 um which class was it? Mike oh, he was a bru he was a bruja. Bruja. Okay. Yeah, he, Bryce Creed was a bruja. Um he was a Yeah, he he was um he was your he was a standard run of the mill he was a, you know, technically false bruja for those true bruja players. F those people. F those guys. Um who actually went from a 10th gen character before I had to retire him. And I retired him when I decided to put him in a book. He went from 10th gen to third gen. Whoa. All from like, like just from straight diablery because he, in a chronicle I was in, he accidentally came across Kane who told him you're going to be my assassin. And he hunted down the elders that Kane told him to hunt down. And then he finally said, you know, you've done good for me. I'm going to give you a gift. And he gave him a little bit of blood and he said, and he gave him a location and he actually ended up diablerizing an antediluvian and became one himself. And I was like, dude, why the hell are you doing it? He was like, I just wanted to see what you were going to do. And somehow you didn't die. And I'm like, I can never play this character anywhere now. I have to play with Brian. I have a god now. And he goes, Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> like if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah. And when I'm Bryce Creed, I'm actually <laughs> but um yeah, that that's what I'm I'm I actually spo- mild spoiler, the third book in that series, one of my characters who was a Malkavian is going to be one of the villains in the third book. And I may put another Mulcavian character I played in another book as well. And those two characters scared the shit out of me, especially the one who's going to be in this Bryce Creed book. This guy frightens me. Even when I get, when I get into that headspace, it takes me at least a day to shake it off. Like it's just that terrifying. The other guy, it's easier to transition out of, but this yeah. one is like. Oh, do you think actors what... go through that? Because I, oh, I'm sure they wondered, do. I've often oh, wondered yeah. if there's a link between like writing and I've never tried acting, but we both have to disappear somewhere and pull something out and make it appear real, don't we? And I, yeah, and I, I wonder if, he, if there's similarities. Heath Ledger had to go through that. I think he, yeah, method I think, acting. 
Yeah, method mm -hmm. actors especially go through that. Your Heath Ledgers, your uh, your Johnny Depp's, your Jim Carrey's. Those people are that I believe they. I think that's probably why Jim Carrey went through a lot of what he went through. You know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, where he just sort of disappeared for a while. Mm. I think it was just too much in his head. Yeah. And he was just like lashing out, you know. And I think that's a lot of the reason of why we lost Heath, lost Heath Ledger so soon mm. was because he got into that headspace yeah. and, you know, needed to find a way out. And I mean, it's so easy, especially as males, to have something like that happen because you know a lot of us and i mean jim, jim jim can attest to this as well you know he's and it's not a joke against but you know jim's generation ahead of me we both came you know we have that toxic masculinity thrust on us in some way mm -hmm. and even and sometimes we without even realizing it it creeps its ugly head even when you don't want it to you don't even realize it's happening and a lot of that comes up with I can have a couple more. I'm not a, I'm not a wimp. I can do this. And I, I think that that's probably what happened to Heath. And a couple more won't hurt me. I need, I've done this before. I need to get rest. I have to get this out of my head. So as writers, so you also need a way to protect yourself, don't you? Mm -hmm. Because if those characters are there and that's your story and that's your thing to write, you have to write it. Mm -hmm. But I, but you also, I wonder, you know, you also have to take care of yourself. So you can well, keep hard to do. And here's and again, we're back to that intention thing because and this is this is where Nano is also good because when, uh, you know the more you write and the more you develop craft and the more you develop structure and the more you develop story, the more you learn to control that so that you know what you you know if you start looking at beats. I know I've got to hit these beats. I've got to produce this product at the end of it. Mm. Yes, you still have that relationship to the idea of the story, the character so that you can flesh them out, but you hold more control. Uh, you know, you, you wind up once you know who they are. I mean, for example, one of the things I'll do a lot of the time, if I'm working on a new series, I've learned, I'll go do a couple of short stories. I'll kill everybody at the end because it makes me feel feel better. But, you know, you do a few short stories, you can pants that out and figure out who the characters are. What are they doing? What are the motivations? How, do, how does interplay work? And some of that may make it its way into the final books. But you kind of do this draft. And I will do that to go play with characters, play with idea, play with story. But the more you you actually go go through and say, here is the character. You document them. You identify them. You work out who they are, and you you take that control. Because if you if you let the character control you, then the story goes all over the damn place. If you let the character control you, you're not you're not the writer. You're acting as a journaler. If you're truly trying to produce and get get stuff out the door, and this is where we're back to the idea of. Why are you writing? Are you writing for a hobby? Are you writing because you're wanting to build career, or are you writing because you want to crank out and have production? You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna produce three novels a year and you know six no novellas in a year plus whatever else, you don't have time to wander. Maybe You've that's got, part of my problem because I so, do wander. I do kind of let I let the characters dictate. I, I disagree, and I agree with you, Brian, on on one point of it. Yes, you do have to have something that is going to be 
um, of, of a certain quality and of a certain standard for readers at the end. But I think that that playful process of just letting the characters lead you is the, the, the best way to pants the story. And then you're going to come back and you're going to have a lot of revisions. The, the first, I always say the first draft is a hot mess and it's supposed to be because that's where you go back and you fix it and you edit it and you make it fit those points, you know, that, that are expected within the three act structure. But in, during that writing phase, you know, yes, play, but, but don't think that your playful stuff isn't going to make it into the book. Play and just enjoy playing with the characters as much as you can. Oh yeah. I, I, I did that a little bit. I did that more in the enforcer, I think, than I did in Invincible Heart. Because th there were certain things that I threw in there as I, there were a couple things I threw in the Enforcer. I was writing it as Bryce Creed, just trying to get a rise out of the female lead character, just to see how he, how he could get a rise out of her, and just how he could just pick with her to try to make her a little bit uncomfortable, to ease the tension of the situation. And somehow that that stayed in the book because for me, that became an important part of the book because it was an important part of their dynamic. Well, and one other thing I do want to put onto this is, is this. It depends on why you're writing that particular book. Are you doing this because this is your passion project? Are you doing this because this is that one book you've got to get out of your head? You know, doesn't matter whether you've never written one before, you're on your hundredth everybody's got that one thing floating in their head. They've got to get out. They've got to pry it out because they want it out of their head so that they can move on with other things. And it can be because they, it's something they love, something they hate, something they fear, something they've got to process out. And that you probably are going to have to just let it go where it's got to go. Or otherwise you're not going to finish cleaning that crap out of the recesses of every little box in the back of your mind. And it stalks around like this little serial killer going, you forgot about this. <laughs> it could be absolute brilliance. I think, and a lot I, of the time, that's the story that really hits for people. Is the one that's the passion story. I think that I think for me, that's going to be the concussion. It's just it's hard for me. We were talking about going into the darkness. That's why that book is hard for me to finish because I have to go into a very very dark place. I have to relive. All of these traumas, every trauma that I saw from like age 10 to 20, I have to relive over and over and over and over so I can go into this book. Mm. Like this book is my darkness and it is a weird place to go into. And it, it, it hurts to go in there. Like I actually had to have my publisher go into the original file and break it up and put it into different files into different places so I can go in and work on it as I can. So I could hopscotch different places so I wouldn't get too bungled down emotionally. I think when this is finally done, it's probably it's probably going to be my my... my my piece de resistance. I probably will never write anything better than that book until the next one. Well, don't pull Jim Carrey and be gone for years on end. I hope not. <laughs> I, I just, I just hope that I don't start like screaming at myself in the mirror and drinking out of the toilet as a sign of like comfort. 
because that would just be really odd. Sharon won't let you do that. I would hope not, but she does laugh at the cats when they do it. Well, that's, that's cat. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why they feel the need to drink out of the toilet when they've got a damn um dude mind behind you, me. Mind you, mine will sit there and wait for you to finish meowing at the door so that he can go take his turn. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting, cat. <laughs> if you don't use oh, that sand in the box, just sitting there waiting. Meow. <laughs> oh, go right on in, sir. <laughs> if I close the bathroom door, the cat dude gets mad. Mm-hmm. And he will just be like, ah, ah, ah. like his meows will get deeper and deeper. I'm like, maybe I just don't want you bothering me right now. Cause it's, if I, I have to leave the bathroom door open, so him or Delphine will come in, will stand on the tub and nuzzle me. And it's like, can I have a dumper in peace, please? Nope. Apparently not. <laughs> of the three cats, <laughs> those two. The show on. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, hello, you... darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in more ways than one, because of the cats are both black. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, let us pay homage to our second sponsor, who is always in the comments section. The boss is always watching us, and she does have a cattle prod. So if you owe her a manuscript, you better get it done before. <laughs> yeah, if you're a guy, your grundle is going to get shot. <laughs> 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 Miss Rebecca Jonesy, she is the author of some amazing stories, and she promises you will be entertained. So definitely check out her work. She is one of the sponsors that helps produce this show and allows us to to have it on both Facebook and YouTube at the same time. So that is awesome. Thank you, Rebecca. And for you guys, if there's anything you want to let your audience know right now about before we go, any updates, any new books, anything that you want to tell us? Um. Well... I've got the usual list. So <laughs> right now we've got the Kickstarter going for Off the Beaten Path 4, which uh, from Perspective Press, which I've got a story in, which if you guys buy enough copies may kick off a new series. Um, and that is currently going on. You can find that on Facebook, I think mostly. And I, it's not Kickstarter. It's a, I forget which one it's using, but uh, look at no. a Perspective Press. Um, then for continual, we've got a whole lot of stuff going on. So, um, I suggest coming by going to continual convention on Facebook. Uh, the group is of course, continual or Facebook slash group slash continual convention. Um, we were doing a bunch of holiday things that are coming up. Um, we've got, we just dropped a nano edition. In fact, this week, a kind of a nano prep edition. Um, we've got some book marketing stuff coming out here later and, uh, we're doing some live, uh, stuff every weekend, pretty much from now through the rest of the year. Uh, we're doing like bar cons, we're doing some game and trivia nights, we're doing some music nights and then Sunday nights we do, uh, video or movie watch part Netflix, uh, watch parties with different authors hosting and you can come in and play snarky. Sunday nights. We um, we are. I have the updated re-release of the Krampus Clause, which is the holiday, uh, the Christmas holiday horror that came out last year. Uh, should actually be going to print this year. It sort of came out late last year, uh, and it's coming out with some new updates and stuff. I think, uh, not next week. I think it's a week from Tuesdays when it comes out. I got to look. Um, and we have LitCon coming next weekend. So you can go to litcon.org. Uh, there's about 24 panels, workshops. I'll be teaching the business essentials workshop, uh, the short version of that next weekend. 
Um, I will be teaching the Business Essentials for Writers two-day workshop in December. Um, and I think I'm missing something in there, but who the hell knows? Uh, we'll make sure that your links make it into the show notes. <laughs> you, have way, you have so much stuff going on. You never sleep. You never eat. He doesn't. He's you just enemy. like you just sip out of that never-ending freaking mug. That's <laughs> all you do. Make a meme out of him. Seriously. <laughs> all right. Jim, Jim Nettles' theme song is "I Am Machine." <laughs> Go ahead, Callie. Okay, I'm going to plug my book. Is that okay? Please. Okay, Tales of the Countess, uh, romantic comedy. It features handbags that talk. Think Sex in the City meets Toy Story. Oh, I love you, that. You can get a sample at talesthecountess.com. All right. Nice. And I'm, I'm going to just leave it there. I, can, I cannot complete with Jim. <laughs> but, but he doesn't have talking handbags. No. That is cool. So talesofthecountess.com. <laughs> nice. All right, Brian. Yeah, I, I have the re-release of my first novel, The Enforcer, coming out December 1st, 2020, just in time for the holidays. Yay! From uh, Random Evolve Media. Check that out. My novel, Invincible Heart, co-written with uh, Kendra Souter, is already available now. So if you like science fiction and you like the Hunger Games, picture the Hunger Games meets the X-Men. That's what the Permutation Archive series written by Kendra Souter is about. My series, which is considered the Permutation Archives, are basically the other side. John Baker has created to hunt down Mila Hunter because of her rebellion against the government. So check that out. And of course, the Enforcer, I call it urban fantasy. It's vampires. Everything mom and dad told you didn't exist, they're there. And when the mistress of the city of Pittsburgh has a mysterious group looking to kill her from the shadows, what do you do? You get the monster the shadows fear. So check that out. And also, if you go to my blog on briantan.com, I have started to release my new short series that is blog exclusive called Apocalypse. It is my first foray into the zombie apocalypse genre. First, The first edition was released this past Friday. They will be releasing at least for the next month every friday and then once that once that round is done if it starts to go pretty well it'll be bi-weekly release all blog exclusive so all check right. it out make sure that link gets into the show notes as well sounds like we got some good stuff um we will be posting those notes about five minutes after the show closes so give us some time to get all the links up uh, as for me, uh, tomorrow is Sunday. So for those of you who have been following, we'll be reading chapter 15 from A Weapon of Magical Destruction on my YouTube channel, katiesolitis.com. If you haven't caught up on the series, all of the previous chapters are still available. The new chapter will be read at 1.45 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I believe that's 4.45 Eastern. I usually yep. suck time zones. Yep. Uh, and we are running a contest this month. That is the bring a friend contest. So show up in the live chat, post who's brought you to enter to win a set of metal, shiny, lovely bookmarks. Until you have to get me some, you have to get me some lines from that, by the way, so I can send you some voices. Yes, yes I do. 
All right, I'll do that later tonight. All right, see, you got to poke me too, otherwise I forget stuff. All right, so that's it for our show this week, guys. Thank you, everyone who has been watching and commenting in the live chat. We love you guys. Thank you to our sponsors, Going Now and Rebecca Jonesy, and thank you to our guests for hanging out with us. You guys have been thank lovely. Thank you. Thank you for send having me. Re- send me a contact, Rebecca. Uh, contact contract and a uh, deadline, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, I don't do deadlines. I'll get shit done when I'm good and ready. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.